Welcome. This is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 60 of the Circus 71 podcast for the week of June 1st, 2021. Coming up on today's show, the reimagined Jungle Cruise to open, reopen, stay open at Magic Kingdom this summer. Orange County reaches mask removal benchmark. An interesting Disney patent could reveal the future of standby queues. And in our main segment, we wish a happy birthday to Disney's Art of Animation Resort and talk about some of the history of that resort. This is the Circus 71 podcast. Okay, Donna, not a lot of news stories this week, but could generate some interesting discussions. Number one. Uh, the new Jungle Cruise, I guess that's what we're going to call it, will open at Disneyland Park on July 16th, and work will be completed at the Magic Kingdom Park um, at some point this summer. We recently saw pictures, courtesy of WDWNT, of the Lost and Found shop that Trader Sam has repurposed as the gift shop. So props are uh, coming into um the Jungle Cruise attraction, and um, oh, I didn't even see. There's a picture of actually that being airlifted, which is is kind of cool. Um, I like so that I they were Jungle Cruise. I said side note: Jungle Cruise's queue in Disneyland might be one of the most painful queues that ever did exist. Walking upstairs and standing on top of a building, going left, right, left, right, left, right in the blazing sun. Yeah, that is brutal. <laughs> I remember that, which, by the way, I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to post this repost, I guess, on Facebook. Uh, I think it was six years ago today. We I know. In Disneyland. Oh, paint the night. Oh, God, that parade was the reason for going. When can I see you again? Seriously. Ba-dum, I really. Bum, bum. Honest to God, James, and I, we've said this before. I don't know if I've ever said it on the show, but I really 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 thought it would come here for the 60th and there has been not even a single rumor of that being a possibility the 50th that too i'm sorry <laughs> i was thinking in my head that disneyland yeah 60th yeah yeah is solid. i'm sorry uh but yeah coming here for the 50th excuse me yeah it's that that's a whole unfortunately there's no news to talk about with the 50th anniversary other than some commercial that plays into no nostalgia whatsoever but they're talking um, about like easter eggs in the commercial i'm like dude that's not what this should be about at all well and and yeah and i know we're getting a little off topic but uh, never. the, (laughs) the, the easter eggs are like just random crap from movies it has nothing to do with the history of the park like i mean you look at the 25th anniversary that had the, um, you know, the remember the magic parade and tagline. And I'm almost positive. That's where we got the, uh, the mirror float that gets rolled out (laughs) in different iterations every year. Um, and all, all the time. So, um, but nevertheless, I digress. Um, I actually like once again, that they were able to keep the attraction open at magic kingdom, you know, it's a different vibe than Disneyland, which is much more local based, um, where people still get to see it. Um, and I actually had a thought the other day, if they could do this while Jungle Cruise is still opening, not that they'd want to put the money into it, but maybe it gives more reason to having like a haunted holiday overlay. I don't know if that's ever going to come here because the one they do in land is so wildly popular and it never has come here. True, but 
I don't think it all, it also, I don't think has to go to necessarily that level. I think what they do for the jingle cruise is cute and different, and it could be something on that scale. Fair. So, but um, yeah, no official date for um, the rechristening or whatever you want to call it, relaunch. <laughs> of the um, Jungle Cruise, but interesting to see the props and different pieces come in as we progress. For sure. Was that your transition to me? Yes. You're so smooth. I honestly want to be you when I grow up. Like butter. A lot of people do. All right. Next up, Orange County, Florida reaches benchmark that would allow Disney World to remove masks completely. Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings addressed the latest COVID-19 data in a press release uh, May 28th. Fortunately, because I live here, so hearing data like this makes me feel really, really good. The county has maintained a 14-day COVID positivity rate of 4.7%. In Mayor Demings' phase plan, a positivity rate of 5% or lower is required to eliminate all mask mandates. Mayor Demings did not officially remove the, ma- the mask mandate in his press release, but is expected to do so this coming week. So essentially with this one, this goes back to when we first started this podcast and the parks were closed and everyone was trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to get businesses back open? You know, when are theme parks going to be able to reopen? And that phased plan, you know, when you reach this phase, this can happen. When you reach this phase, this can happen. You have to be at these numbers and blah, blah, blah. And I remember, James, and let's see if you remember this, because I remember clear as day, we were reading a lot of stuff about by third quarter 2021. Do you remember this? By third quarter 2021, the early predictions were they would be able to reach that last phase of the plan. And it is so crazy to me to think, you know, quarters for those who have not heard that term before you know it's more of like a businessy term i guess when you think of a quarter in in a business or fiscal sense it's literally just chopping the year up in groups of three so january February, march first quarter april may june second quarter july august september third quarter october november december fourth quarter so they were saying essentially okay by you know july one we think that most of the stuff is going to be back to the old normal the, the pre-COVID-19 normal. And it's so wild to me that so long ago they were saying that and it seemed like ages, you know, right. oh God, that's so long. I can't believe this is still going to be a thing, you know, next summer. I can't believe it's going to be a thing next school year. I didn't send my son to, to three-year-old nursery school this year because I was worried about my parents who were in their 70s. Um, so it's just so wild to me to think about like we're, we're nearing, we're, we're in, we're, we're deep into that second quarter right now. And it's, it's very likely going to come to fruition by third quarter 21. Hopefully things are, are really on the way to normal. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, and that really leads us into. You're um, welcome. Our, That's called you. a transition. They're, I think they're called segues whatever <laughs> no a segue um, is one of those ear, ear, ear things you used to be able to get around epcot did they make that noise of course they did i wrote one. Oh god oh my god it sounded like a lightsaber anyways <laughs> no that's pew 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 <laughs> donna does uh sound effects for animation movies on the side as well you're all welcome. Yeah, great bodies of work. <laughs> Anyways, um, leads us into our next story that 
Um, as of May 28th, which as Don and I are recording this on Sunday night is this past Friday, masks will no longer be required indoors and outdoors at Universal Orlando Resort. This started the very next day, um, Saturday, May the 29th. Um, Just this- like it did when they announced both uh, Universal Orlando and Disney World announced that masks could be would be then optional outdoors that happened the next day. So the same exact situation, but in a larger scale. Yeah, which I have to say on a quick side note, if I was, I don't want to say if I was a parent because if I, I am one, but if I was a parent that was on vacation and I went, you know, knowing that everybody was fully masked or in this case, you know, okay, masked inside, things like that. And I went with that safety netting. I, I it just, okay, the very next day we're going to do this. I, I mean, it, it just, it strikes me as, I, I wish they would have just said some date, like maybe a week in advance. And then if people wanted to cancel, gave them that option without penalty. Jamie, this uh, could happen to you. Like this scenario that you're laying out, could yeah. happen for your trip in a few weeks. And you do oh, have two ones that aren't vaccinated. Right. No, 100%. And, and I think that's the biggest concern. You know, between Don and I, we have three kids under 12 that are not eligible, you know, for a vaccine. Three and kids I, under five. So even this yeah. next chunk of vaccines, they won't be eligible. I meant to talk to you about that. What I told you before may or may not be true i i've been reading conflicting information but nevertheless um yeah the point's well taken that you know there are people and you can make the argument and i understand people will say oh well then don't bring them well eh, is that really the way we want to go and talk about walt disney world like eh. um but uh anyways back to the now not requiring um, uh, vaccinated guests to wear face masks indoor or outdoors. Um, Universal will not require guests to provide proof of vaccination to go without a mask, but expects guests to um, comply, otherwise known as the honor system, I guess. (laughs) Um, I I don't want to get too much down that rabbit hole, but I think most people could probably guess my feelings on on that. Um, also, while on stage, which is interesting because I didn't know Universal actually used that term. Um, Universal team members are required to wear face coverings both both indoors and out. And backstage, fully vaccinated team members are not required to wear um, masks. So, may um, I something in here actually about SeaWorld? I know we don't usually talk about SeaWorld, but I think this sure. one's actually kind of cool. So SeaWorld, who has been kind of, I don't want to say behind, because that's not fair, um, but slow on the uptake (laughs) on, um, you know, what to do, how to do it, how best to keep everybody safe. Uh, They actually announced something that I thought was was pretty cool. And Jamie, I think that you you may have sent this to me, or if not, I think we've you've at least seen this news story and that story is that they are allowing they call their employees ambassadors so disney has cast members universal has team members SeaWorld has ambassadors so SeaWorld is allowing their ambassadors who show proof of vaccination to go without a face covering if they choose to they don't have to but if they choose to again with proof of vaccination and they're putting a special designation on their name tag 
Correct. Yeah. I, now that you said that, I do remember sending that to you, which um, I, I'm all for. I think that's a cool idea. I think it's a Me cool too. perk for those ambassadors. Um, you know, if, if, you know, if that's the, what gets you over the hump to, to get you vaccinated, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. So good for, I actually say good for SeaWorld on that oh, yeah. particular. And I also really like the identification um, on the name tags. Um, it, it's as much as people want to say it's a HIPAA violation. No, it's not. Um, I, I think providing that comfort to um, guests, what do they call them at SeaWorld? No, still be a guest. Is a guest, um, you know, to to providing that that comfort that this person has been vetted, they are vaccinated. You know, you are safe to to be around them. Um, is is a good thing. I, the I'm only thing that. that I will say, and this is just because I actually had it happen, I wouldn't have thought this. Honest to goodness, I wouldn't have. But when uh, Harmony Barbershop was open and Anthony was little and we would always take him there to get his haircuts, we saw a gentleman whose name tag said, you know, whatever, first name, Westchester, PA. So mm. I started talking to him because Jamie and I went to Westchester University. Like, I know that area very well. I worked in Westchester for many years after graduation. Um, so I, I, I know the area. Like, I start talking to him about where he's from. And he's like, oh, actually, I forgot my name tag. This is one we keep backstage for if any of the guys forget theirs. Oh, jeez. <laughs> So if that had not happened to me, I would have never, ever, ever thought like that that would be a thing to grab a random name tag and throw it on um, and, and go about your shift. Uh, but now that I know for sure that was true. <laughs> uh, there's I can't think of what it is. There is a name tag that I can't. Uh, what is it? That is the most widely used name tag and it's like an inside joke among like cast members and people in the know um of apparently okay, i'm this, not in the know <laughs> evidently um if you see this person with this name tag chances are it's because they forgot their name tag and it's uh, uh, I, I don't think it's sean i forget who it is the name um but it'll say orlando florida um, I mean, granted, there is a chance that there is a Sean from Orlando, yeah, Florida that didn't forget his name tag. Um, but there's one that's like the uh, replacement name tag, and I can't remember who it is. Interesting. We may okay, have to so reach anyway, out to some cast The point friends. is just that, you know, since they switched them, you know, if you need it at Disney, what's to say that they couldn't, you know, take one that had the I've been vaccinated, you know, tag and, and go out about their day. Right. So... Um, very cool. Uh, Donna, I'm going to interject just a quick uh, news story just to mention a happy reopening day today to uh, Disney's Beach Club Resort. Oh, yeah. That yeah. Is, that's a good thing. And I, we say this all the time. As more resorts open, this is a good thing for everybody. So um, one quick, because we do have a little bit of time with this. Does Disney follow suit? <sighs> I think this one's tougher. Than the outdoor mass situation. I have to say, I was floored how quickly Disney followed suit. And actually, last night, um, we were sitting around after Anthony was in bed, and we were we were talking to two of our friends who are both Disney cast members. One is a general manager of a um, restaurant. The other um, is an employee there. And they were both saying, you know, how interesting they thought it was that you know Disney sets the bar, not Universal. So they thought it was so interesting to see Disney so quickly follow. 
oh, right. okay, if they did it, we're going to do it. So I don't know. The the one one of our friends was adamant that by July 1st, he thinks that all the restrictions are going to be lifted. Yeah, I, I think that's that. The only other thing that I counterpoint to, to the specific July 1st date is what's the difference between that and June 16th or June 3rd? Like, or is it, you know, because it, it's not like, okay, all kids, you know, whatever, two and older are going to be eligible for the vaccine starting June 6th. Like the, the only, that's the only thing I say about that particular date is what's the difference. Um, but I don't know. I just don't know if they would get away with saying it and get away is probably not the, the best term to use, but I couldn't think of a better one, but, but I don't know what the guest feedback would be if Disney said, Hey, we have, we have a lot of kids here that are not yet eligible to be vaccinated. Everybody's going to be masked indoors until that happens. I don't know what the response to that would be. I think it's so interesting. And I don't think you and I even talked about this, let alone talking about it on the show. I know I did mention that for um, the frozen sing-along, they initially were loading every other row, but then as it got closer to showtime, they were filling in the empty rows and only leaving them one seat between parties after the CDC came out and said, you know, three feet's effective. You don't need to be six feet, yada, yada, blah, blah. So they do that at that show. Why in the world is the PhilharMagic show a 40-minute wait because they still have three seats blocked off between each party and every other row closed. Why in the world? It's it's just it's just crazy to me. They need to they need to my ten cents, of course, get everyone into the 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 theater most effectively before they say, okay, we're taking masks off. Screw it all. Well, <laughs> your your wish may come true. Um, filler magic is now filling it. Thank goodness. Yeah, it is now filled. Because um, Anthony lot... loves that show, and I love it too, but I'm not waiting 40 minutes. Yeah, it's filled. Um, and that was another point that I was going to make. Um, but, I mean, there was too many different things to, to talk about them each individually. But also a lot of the um, social distancing markers are gone. Um, Navi River Journey extended, Slinky Dog, um, even the ferry boat and, and monorail stations, I believe, are gone um, with the social distancing marker. So a lot of that stuff is now gone. I do think once you get to the actual queue, they may still have them. I don't think they even change them to like three feet or anything like that. But um, pretty much all shows at this point are being filled. As well as the Skyliner is now multiple uh, parties. And here's the thing, too. Some people might be thinking, like, what's the big deal? I've been vaccinated. I don't want to wear a mask. That's fine. Other people might be saying, I've been vaccinated. I still want to wear a mask. That's fine. Disney nor Universal has said, you can't wear a mask if you don't want to. So I'm not stupid. I I recognize that two people wearing masks cut down you know, the risk of transmission much more than just the one person, but you still have the opportunity to protect yourself to your best ability. Right. Oh, absolutely. So should we go into the last little story, Patton? So I don't usually do this because we usually like to take turns and share and play nice, but you are so jazzed about this. I'm going to let you explain it so that I don't buff it up and get corrected. (laughs) So this story was broken by WDWNT actually last week and for full disclosure to the listeners I don't think I gave it 
I'll take it back. I know I didn't give it the credit that it actually deserved in terms of mattering. And I, I listened to one of their podcasts recently, um, a news podcast. Um, and there was one thing that was said, and I'll get to that in a minute, that triggered me to, oh, man, I miss this. Okay, so I want to explain what this patent is. It's a new Disney patent that details dynamic virtual cues that could replace lengthy standby lines. Okay, so in the patent, Disney mentions you know the problem. One drawback of requiring and this is the actual language that they use in the patent application. One drawback of requiring guests to wait in a queue is the phys- psychological and physical toll that a prolonged wait can impose on those guests. As common experience will testify, waiting in line is at best tedious, and depending on the length of the wait and environmental conditions, may be physically uncomfortable. Now. For full disclosure, Disney's not going to always just have the guest in mind. Another drawback. We might hear fireworks. Really? Andrew just took off for the front window because we both looked at each other. Huh. Uh, He said it's down in celebration. Probably from Memorial Uh, Day. Gotcha. Bum, bum, but um, for those folks that don't know, we we are very lucky. We can see the fireworks from Magic Kingdom from our front porch. So when we heard booms, my husband and I got very excited. Maybe they were testing or something. I'm sorry. Excuse me. So, once again, back to the patent. Not that Disney always has a guest in mind, but another drawback of physical cues, and this is what Disney said, is that they prevent a guest waiting in line from enjoying other attractions available in the same venue meaning the theme park, which may further frustrate the waiting guests while also depriving other attractions of traffic and potential revenue. We're looking at you, quick service restaurants and merch stands. Depending on the length of the... I added that for editorial purposes. Depending on the length... (laughs) Depending on the length of the queue, a physical queue can also have unpleasant consequences for other users of the venue. For example, by congesting public spaces and restricting freedom of movement for non-queuing users of the venue. So basically, if it spills out into the walkway um, is how I read that. Okay, so Donna, on the website, I'm going to scroll down to figure three, and this is a step-by-step process. Step one, the um, computer system receives enrollment data identifying a first guest and a first attraction to which the first guest seeks admission. Let's call it Slinky Dog Dash. Step two, determine whether the first guest is enrolled in a second queue for a second attraction, so some order other sort of virtual cube, Tower of Terror. Step three, assign the first guest to one of multiple groups, each including other guests also seeking admission to the first attraction. Once again, Slinky Dog Dash. Step four, obtain the current occupancy state of the first attraction. What's the current wait time, essentially? Step five, determine an attendance period corresponding to an average time duration of attendance at the first attraction by previous guests of said first attraction. A lot of words there. It's a return time. Step six, identify one of the multiple groups for admission to the first attraction based on the number of guests included in the group, the current occupancy state of the first attraction, and the attendance period of the first attraction. Okay, so all of that, 
is essentially a virtual queue system that dynamically changes throughout the day. Enter, I want Slinky Dog Dash. This computer system puts you in a queue and determines the best time slot to accommodate that group of people and determines a return window. Calculated using average wait times of earlier guests. So it sort of changes all around. Okay? And then assigns the guest to the time, sends them a notification back. Why I didn't think this was a big deal or really matter all that much, I, I'm not 100% sure. But what really changed for me is when I listened to that other podcast where they mentioned... The Disney Genie, which everybody may or may not remember. <laughs> Disney Genie is a digital trip planning tool that is allegedly still coming. Right? And that a lot of travel agents have their underwears in a, in a bunch about. A hundred percent. But why the Disney Genie would be tied to this queue management system? is what if this queue management system replaces standby queues and all of the virtual queuing goes into the Disney Genie with this management system that optimizes the entire park and crowd flow? Well, of course that's what it's for. See, I didn't think that. When, when they first announced Disney Genie, I would have thought, and I thought, it was more like a touring plan subscription, where Disney had the data, okay, you want to do Kilimanjaro Safaris, character dining at Tusker House. But of ex- course they're going to spread it out so that they're not queuing huge lines. Like, they're going to spread it. Okay, if, if 500, 600, 700, 800, 1,000, 2,000 people want the same things, we're going to spread them out throughout the day with this Disney Genie because everyone's inputting their stuff into the same system. So we're going to spew out different plants for different people. It's brilliant. Right. Um, but it also, allegedly with this patent, would eliminate the need for anybody in standby if they go to this virtual queuing system. So let's take this a step further. We think we've heard rumors that Disney may be replacing FastPass Plus with some sort of paid FastPass system. So what if, theoretically, and I don't know if everything would go to a virtual queue, but for the basis of this argument, let's go with it. Right. Standby becomes this Disney Genie virtual queue system. FastPass Plus becomes this paid system, eliminating standby lines i don't know i i think that would what else would be another interesting element of the whole thing i thought of this for physical space look at the queue for extended queue like the you know the outside switchbacks of splash mountain right that's a pretty big footprint You could eliminate that if you do this virtual queuing system, put some smaller based attractions or a playground or whatever there, 
if it's not needed anymore. Yeah. Now, I don't necessarily like the idea of full-based virtual queue systems, I don't think. So it'll be interesting to see how it works. And a lot of this is sort of filling in pieces and, and patents and, and rumors. So there's a, little, there's a lot to this, and park operations can certainly change. And the one thing we know is Disney Genie is coming it was doubled down on with, with Josh Tomorrow's announcement, so we think it's still in development. think it's allegedly still coming this year. I mean, I don't think this is going to go the way of the Town Square Theater or, or whatever that was <laughs> supposed to go behind yeah. the street um, or the Mary Poppins attraction. Um, I think this is coming, and I think the patent and the Disney Genie app are tied together potentially with a paid fast pass system as well. Well, you had said, I don't know. I don't think it was during the closure game. I think it was after parks reopened that you had read. And again, like, you know, we, we read a lot of things and some things come to fruition and some don't obviously, but that you had read that a, a pretty reputable source said that a paid version of fast pass was like within months of happening when COVID hit and the parks closed. That you're you're right with one small detail. It was weeks. Was was weeks. what it was. Len Testa from Touring Plans used said they were weeks away from launching it. Yeah. So if that's the case, and he's usually pretty on things, mm-hmm. um, there's no reason to believe that they wouldn't bring them back, except for. I don't know what episode it was. I could pull up our episode list when we talked about this and talked about, you know, if, if fast fast house is going to come back, I think it's a bad look. Honest to God, I do, Jim. I think it's a bad look to come back from a pandemic and to say, Hey, there's no more fast pass as we all know, as we all knew it. Now it's all just a paid option. I think that that's, that's a really, really bad look for PR. And I know that Disney doesn't necessarily care about PR sometimes, but, um, I think it's bad luck. There, there's one other point that I forgot to mention. Um, and, and like you said, optics uh, be darned, so to speak, um, in Disney World. Or, or in <laughs> that wasn't what I was going for, but literally in Disney, you know, world everywhere. Um, the other thing that I think may get tied into this is we know the park pass reservation system is through 2023. I think this also may be Disney's move with this paid fast pass system to lower potentially the keep the capacity of the park lower and manipulate the amount of people while also increasing guest expenditures. I think it's all tied together. And I know it sounds like I should have a tin foil hat on right now. But <laughs> lightsabers again um i think that is also tied in and totally plausible because we know what shapex says about annual pass holders and things like that and they really focus on the metric of per guest expenditure that would be one way and we've even talked about this you know how much would you pay if you had a lower capacity um as far as people going into the parks would you pay for a more premium quote-unquote um experience so i think it's all there's a lot of moving pieces to this 
Um, and everything may come out that it's never happens. Um, cause that's also plausible because there's a lot of park ops that are involved and Disney may end up just saying, Hey, we don't have data that says guest expenditure is up because of magic bands because of my magic plus. So let's just open up as we were, call it a day, dump the park pass reservation system and get back to how we were totally 100% plausible. And but I do think a lot of these patents, Disney Genie, Park Pass Reservation System, are very interrelated. I'm not going to argue that. So that's good. Any other thoughts, Donna? Because that's that's uh, that's it for me. I mean, you, you really put a lot of effort for it, so I'm not going to ex- expect too much brilliance the rest of the show from you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I, uh, I expended it, I guess. So, but I'm fine. Yep, there we go. With that, um, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back wishing a happy birthday to Disney's Art of Animation Resort, talking a little bit about the history of said resort. All right, Donna. So tomorrow, May 31st, 2021, Disney's Art of Animation Resort will celebrate its ninth birthday. That was epic. (laughs) <laughs> that, that, that is the the entire segment happy birthday art of animation have a good night <laughs> Mic drop. Uh, there you go um so this is our first stab i guess you could say at a more um historical segment i guess we can say um that disney's art of animation resort has a lot of history behind it even though it's only been open um for nine for years sure. Um, it is what is considered the sister resort to Disney's Pop Century Resort. Um, but what some people don't know is that the Pop Century Resort is sort of more like half a century <laughs> resort. Um, it has icons such as the Big Wheel, platform shoes, um, things like that from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s um (laughs) what are known as or what was the first phase of pop century was the classic years which celebrated all those years the second half of the the 20th century um and it opened uh before the end way back in 2001 the second phase and if you stay at pop century which you should because it's one of my favorite resorts um they there you enter their lobby it's known as classic hall you see on their um entrance sign into the um uh front parking area it says the classic years well the legendary years were scheduled to open in 2003 and it would add the first half of the century, which I think was going to be the the double zeros, which have a more technical name that I have no idea what they are. Tens, twenties, thirties, and forties, completing um, the entire Pop Century uh, Resort. That was the plan. Well, and then you know it's easy to say like you know Disney changes their their mind on on drop of dime and you know everything like that, but. This time it was for a sad reason. 
when tourism essentially came to a halt after September 11th, Disney had to put products on hold, just like so many others did. The same reason that right now it's really, really hard to find a rental car or a decently priced rental car because in order to stay in business, rental car companies, you know, during the COVID closures were selling off their cars. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. So they ended up stopping this, this project and sort of cutting their losses, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and the main... Um, lobby building was constructed and I believe they had one section, I guess you could say, constructed. Um, and this was going to be essentially a mirrored resort of Pop Century. The um, kind of motel style, enter from the outside, you know, doors are going to be on you know, interior hallways. They were all exterior um, and just themed differently what's really interesting is that no kind of concept art at least that i've ever seen really came to light. yeah um i i do remember i don't know whether this was an actual concept art or somebody just thought this up i do remember seeing a giant monopoly board um as, as concept art um i want to say that was for like the 40s um, for that particular resort. So um, they thought, or the thinking was that this resort was originally going to open in 2003. Um, Disney, um, in June of 2001, Disney postponed the opening till March 2002, and then officially um, delayed it again and after the events of September 11th and Florida tourism absolutely um, plummeted. So the March 2002 opening was canceled and set with no new date. Fun fact. Did you know there was a um, really small, like tiny, tiny little like executive airport in that property too? The Stollport? Or was that something different? No. Epcot Center's ultralight flight park. Oh, no, I didn't. Isn't that cool? That was on that same property as well. Oh, it's interesting. Um, and actually, as I'm, I'm reading this article from uh, Yesterland.com, the actual original Pop Century was opening was delayed and didn't open until 2003. Um, and then the uh, legendary years, which was going to be the, the um, earlier part of the century, unfortunately never opened. I think one of my favorite little like tidbits for lack of a better word is you know that bridge that connects the two properties where the skyliner station now is yes. do you know that that bridge used to have a name it still does ah uh, is it officially called the generation gap bridge it officially is i didn't think i'd ever seen that on a disney map i thought that was just like what disney like know what all like us call it if you go to the map <clears throat> outside of right out front of that uh bridge it is still listed as the generation gap bridge interesting okay percent. so that is is at least in my mind a little bit of a nod to the initial plans for this whole property yeah and, and it just would have been so cool i i mean uh, imagine now granted the whole pop theme inside of the rooms has been watered down a little bit with the recent refurb but imagine what it would have opened you know if you're in the 1920s and i feel like all i could think of is the the gangster scene from great movie ride everything black and white yeah like living out um 
and that you know so just just the theme that i think would have been presented with the oversized icons um you know could have been so so cool um that's not to take anything away from um art of animation and and we should also mention that the the lake that the generation gap bridge covers is still known as hourglass <laughs> lake which is right. kind of cool so um so should we do like a little rundown i have my handy dandy little travel agent reference guide open that's why i ran to the instagram um should we do like a rundown of, of what this resort holds as far as as you know rooms and things like that go sure Okay, so Pop Century has a total of 860, excuse me, Art of Animation. Dur, 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 art no, of hold animation. on, Donna. L- yes. Let me interject one second. We'll wrap up the history and then get to that. So if you're staying at the Art of Animation, we know it's, it's all family suites with the exception of the Little Mermaid Standard Rooms, which uh, you all also I know what you're gonna say. has exterior hallways because of that was the building that Disney got finished on the original Legendary Years um, project. So that's yep. why that has the exterior hallways. That's why those are the standard rooms. Um, and after Disney tested suites at All Star Music, decided to open um, an all-suite resort, with the exception, as we said, of that uh, Little Mermaid room. Mm-hmm. And there are 864 of those rooms, James, fun fact. Uh, for uh, Little Mermaid, you mean? Yep. Cool. Yep. And then 1,120 family suites. So these family suites accommodate up to six guests for those that have not either stayed there or heard Jamie and I talk about his experience staying there or at the resort in general. There's one sort of designated bedroom with a queen bed, with uh, the bathrooms, a toilet, sink, and shower, um, shower tub combination. And then there's the area that is like the, the living room, family room, whatever you want to call that space, with a double sleeper sofa. And then there's a little area that would be like, like a little baby kitchenette. So there's your microwave there, there's your little mini fridge there, and there's a table with four chairs there. Well, a Murphy-style bed pulls down to that table, sleeping another two guests on a double-size Murphy with, a, directly across from that, a second full bathroom. So again, accommodates up to six guests, 565 square feet versus 277 square feet in the um, Little Mermaid rooms. Yeah, which is awesome. It's definitely, it's a little bit more than I think most people expect when, you know, folks say, hey, I'd like to say art animation, especially because a lot of times, you know, I'm very honest with my clients and tell them that the value that you get for the saying in the Finding Nemo section, I feel is worth it. I never tell people how to spend their money, but I always tell them honestly the the, the perks for, for doing different things. Um, so, you know, it, it's a little bit more than, than most people might think it would be, but being able to stay together as a whole family, instead of having to have two rooms and, you know, even if you get adjoining rooms, it's still two separate rooms. And especially if the parents want to sleep together in one bed and then have the kids in the other beds, that space is really nice. Um, Jamie, actually, do you want to speak to this? How you, you, you thought it felt a little bit smaller than you thought it was going to be? I thought, I don't know whether I had too high expectations the first time I stayed or my expectations were fair. I still went back and with that. Um, But 
I really don't know how six adults could stay in that room. Um, it was when I, I stayed in, I think we had an AP rate and, and typically they put um, APs in, in that preferred building if there's availability. Um, or at least that's what I was assigned. Um, my mom and dad, Val and me, um, and Aiden. it was just Aiden, yes, yeah, because Val at the time was was pregnant with Peyton. Um, so we had Aiden's pack and can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure <laughs> there was a sorry there was a delay on uh, what I was seeing versus what I was hearing. I wanted to make sure that we were still connected. Sorry. Okay, no worries. And actually, I have to. I keep getting text messages, so I'm trying to mute them. Can you still hear me? All right. <laughs> yes. Are you going to edit that part of the show? Nah, we'll leave it in. It's more authentic. You will not. <laughs> Anyways, um, so the I thought, yeah, I thought the room was small. Um, Aiden had a pack and play at that time. He didn't want to sleep in it, so he ended up taking out the one, you know, sort of. Uh, Sofa bed, you know, whatever that thing is called. Val and I had the, the Murphy pull down bed and, and my mom and dad, we, you know, let them go into the main room. Um, I, I just, if Aiden was an adult and, and Peyton was an adult and each of us needed our own suitcase because there, there's, there's drawers, but there's not, wasn't a ton of space to actually put luggage anywhere and suitcases um, because you can't put it under the sofa bed. I don't think eh, you might've been able to, um, but you're not going to put it next to the Murphy bed. You know, there might be a spot, a couple spots in the uh, main um, bedroom area, but as far as storage, I didn't feel like there was a lot for the bigger bigger suitcases um certainly not anything in like the dvc you know closets or anything like that um the two bathrooms i thought was was nice i mean they were fine that didn't really bother me at all um i think the theming of it though was very cute and that's something that i do want to touch on um especially even with their recent refurbishments where they pulled out the carpet um we're staying in a car's suite um you know couple of weeks um for a night and i'm super excited because they have this garage theme that they pull off really well at least that i've seen from videos um and the flooring looks like it belongs on the floor of a garage and and i, I for hygienic purposes i i think it's better you know it's almost like a linoleum tile kind of thing they have um as opposed to the carpet because the carpets just get filthy so um but yeah, it was smaller than I would have expected. And the, I, the other thing I think I would have liked better is if there was separation um, in the main room. You know, that, and that's important for, for guests to understand is that, you know, there's two different main beds or, you know, two different sleeping arrangements in the, the main room and the sofa bed and the, and the Murphy bed, but there's no separation there's no right. door between those two areas. Or even, a only, even a curtain would be fine. Just just some sort of privacy. Just if, I mean adults that, that you know are, are, are adult kids. 
that are just getting dressed and getting changed. Like you're going to have to put somebody in the bathroom. You're, you know, and and maybe people don't want to get changed in that main living area. So it, that's a bit limiting. Um, I think some sort of separation, I think would have been. Um... Fair. Um, again, for what they are, I think they're great. I think that the, the dining, um, quick service dining is one of the best locations on property. Um, I love the access as we've talked about a million times for Skyliner. Uh, I love the pools. We talked at nauseum about the, the finding Nemo feature pool and, um, you know, the, the playground that they have is really cute and just the larger than life theming that they have left at this resort. Um, you know, I, I think it's just, it's pretty special. And we didn't mention this, James, actually the, the theme beside, we said finding Nemo, but we did not mention that the other themes are cars, um, Lion King, and then uh, the standard rooms of course are little mermaid. Cars, finding Nemo, Lion King, Little Mermaid. Is that it? Why did I think yeah. there was five? You're okay. thinking about the guaranteed suite option that we can book as uh, for, for our guests, that it would guarantee them a suite, a family suite, but it is assigned at check-in. Yeah. Yes, I see. Yeah. So, um, no, I think it's cool. I'm glad. I, I think they chose good um, options um, as far as the, the theming of the resort. This is really all-star movies at a whole other level. Um, mm -hmm. This is, as far as pricing goes, this is your value deluxe <laughs> level, <laughs> um, especially if you're in those suites, suites um, which can, can get super pricey. Typically, Little Mermaid rooms will not um, ever get discounted. You know, so if that does happen, that that's pretty cool. Um, one other thing, Donna, that I wanted to mention um, that I, I recently either read about or watched and that I thought was pretty cool. Um, if you enter from the magical express and you look at the pictures on the wall, they're all rough mm -hmm. drawn animation okay? yep. rough drawn characters, early concept art of characters. And even on the floor, it starts in, in black pixels and white, you know, all these little tiny pixels on the floor. And then as you progress deeper into the lobby, the art on the wall gets more refined. There's colors on the floor and on the walls. Um, so you get to that really cool uh, chandelier, I guess you could say. That has I was just actual... going to ask you we were talking about the chandelier, but I didn't want to yeah. use that word because it's that a weird thing to call that. <laughs> yeah, the, the actual artwork. And then the gift shop extends the theming to where now you're in the ink and paint shop. Um, where, you know, the the animation, so it's really storyboarding the animation process to where you end up then in the food court, which is the landscape um, of flavor. So I thought that little detail or details is pretty cool. When I was pregnant with Anthony, right before I had Anthony, I don't think I had had Anthony yet. I did site inspections on Disney property. And part of that site inspection was a standard room and a suite at Art of Animation. And at that time, I had not been inside the resort. So I thought that it was like super cool to have that opportunity to do that site inspection and see that resort and really talk to clients about what it looks like from the inside. And I actually learned something really cool about those drawings. If any of the actors or actresses in those films come to the resort and see a picture of like, for example, the actress that voiced Ariel, 
came and she signed one of those um one of those drawings and it's up in that chandelier oh cool isn't that neat i thought that was yeah. such like a cool little like they don't have to do that like right uh, people aren't looking up and saying like is that whatever her name is <laughs> so terrible for me to say is that so-and-so's signature like i don't think people are stopping and, and really paying too much attention to that but it's one of those like really cool disney touches that really shows they, they go above and beyond with their with their theming and you know the the experience that they want guests to be able to have yeah um and two other things about this resort down it did you I, I don't know if you talked and talked or or kind of just touched on did you mention the pools uh briefly briefly okay so finding nemo biggest pool on yeah. property the big blue pool. pool saltwater big blue pool you uh go underwater you can hear the nemo characters talking to each other super cool um the cars themed uh is is almost a miniature version of the cozy cone <laughs> motel <laughs> um where it's it's you know, even the cabanas, if you will, are giant cone shaped, like you're staying at the Cozy Cone uh, Motel, which side story when we um, for my mom's, I want to say 60th birthday. Yeah, 60th. We went to Clearwater to see the Phillies and um, ended up just eating at Art of Animation and we'd never uh-huh. seen it before. Um, my I don't know if it was my dad or something years later never realized there was a pool there in the car section. And finally, when we stayed there, like in March, I I actually had to physically take him to the pool because he couldn't figure out how to get there. Nice. Like, and and show him that you go through the hotel and and here it is. He's like, I never knew this was here. (laughs) Um, And then the little mermaid pool, I don't think thematically is anything overly impressive. Yeah. It's just, which is sad. Cause... I agree. There's so much potential there. Just like with Nemo, like Ariel under the sea, mermaid, like let's go. Yeah, yeah, they could have definitely done more. So I think that would be a knock um, against this uh, this resort. And then the one um, last thing that I have is is I think we should just briefly touch on uh, transportation options. Okay, perfect. So we did mention that they share, briefly mentioned, share a Skyliner station with Disney's uh, Pop Century Resort. So they have uh, that access point to take them to Caribbean Beach to transfer over to either Hollywood Studios or Epcot. So they will bus to uh, Magic Kingdom and to Animal Kingdom, but they have that option. In fact, that is the way to go for the Skyliner. I don't even think they're running the the auxiliary buses anymore that is the way to get there yeah and, and also should mention i know it's not your favorite but going over the water on the sky uh, nope is absolutely beautiful it's uh, an I'm awesome just, ride i i white knuckle it it just makes me heebie deep <laughs> i don't know but i've always been that way like i don't even like driving on a bridge in a car like people are like isn't it so pretty and i'm like no get me off this bridge like i think <laughs> i just have like have an irrational fear of like the vehicle or the ride vehicle that I'm in, like going into the water. And I'm a super proficient swimmer. Like I was a lifeguard for many, many years, but just the idea of being trapped in something I can't get out of underwater scares the poop out of me. I always, um, I have memories, you know, cause like I said, before DVC, my, my home resort was pop century. And, um, after a day at the parks, I, I always wanted to go. I thought the walk around hourglass Lake is, and still do is absolutely beautiful. 
peaceful and relaxing and I would always grab my mom and we would go and and I remember as the Skyliner was being built you know I would always explain the mechanism and this is what's going to happen and you know I, I have a lot of memories of seeing that hey mom you see that thing in the middle of the water that's the emergency <laughs> evac system it is a hundred percent so Blech. you know we got it from you know, got to see a lot of that uh construction so full full fan um but art of animation i think we got a winner it's a very very popular resort but there is a part of me that is that oh what could have been i know because you know? even if they had I mean, art of animation, you could put that anywhere. They still could have built that resort and finished um, pop, but maybe they don't need that many value rooms in their, uh, in their portfolio. So a lot of times guests will say to me, Hey, I think we want to stay in the little mermaid standard rooms. And this is something that we should mention too. Most of the time I used to say all the time, but as of late, they've actually participated in a few, but the majority of the time, those standard rooms are excluded from offers because they are so popular. So if that's somewhere that, you know, you have a little princess and she really loves Ariel and she really wants to stay in those rooms. Don't wait to book it because they do sell. That's true. And, um, Hey, hey is also behind the coffee maker, the Polly. You did not talk about them not participating in offers. I did. Did he say that? He's not paying attention either. <laughs> either. Yep. No, uh, <laughs> rewind to about 17 minutes in. But perfect. Yeah. So, anyways, um, I don't think there's anything else. What would you let's we always do this for fun. Give a one to ten. Just Oh, that's so hard because to me, the suites are a home run for families that need it. I'm not talking about your average family of four because I don't think it's necessary. No. But if you've got like even, but no, to be fair though, James, with two kids, the ages of your kids that go to bed a lot earlier than at least Val, I know you'd go to bed with them if you could, but <laughs> Val likes to stay up. I really like the idea of having a different space that you and Val could go into the bedroom there, let the kids have their own space, even their own beds when they got a little bit older and you guys could still watch TV or do whatever shower without bothering them. So there's something you said for that, but for what it is, I, I like those spaces. I think they're, they're cool spaces, good designs, not good for six adults. If you, as, as you have said, I would agree with that for sure. I think must much past four adults are probably pushing it. Um, but the little mermaid rooms to me are just not, not as great, especially before the refurb when they were double beds and all the other value resorts were queens like i flat out told people like these are double beds versus queens if you're coming from a king bed at home you don't want to sleep in a double but after the refurbishment those are those are the queens double queens yeah um i also think and i think they've dumbed it down a little bit i hope it comes back a little bit um but i thought the food court was one of the best on agreed i don't think it's as good now I'll, I'll check out the menu when we're there um in a couple of weeks but it used i love the like create your own pasta station where you can toss in shrimp and and i think they've really kind of chopped down the options um you know from the last time i stayed there so but that could be a covid thing though mm, no because i haven't stayed there since covid that's what I meant, though. I'm sorry that that they might have made the change because of COVID. Yeah, but what I'm saying is the change was before COVID was was a thing. Gotcha. Okay, I misunderstood. I, okay. I even stayed. My last stay there would have been wow, 
2019 Christmas. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it was it was definitely pre pre COVID. So, um, but I'll give it a, a rating as we kind of wrap up and, and wish happy birthday. I'm going to give it. I'm going to keep everything in perspective and say you know for the value resort, um, I think it's an eight point five. I think it's wow. It's, yeah, I, I really really like it. I didn't know we were going points by the way. Like I was going to say seven, but you could convince me to be an eight. So if we're oh, doing okay. half points, then I'll go seven point five. Okay. Yeah, I love I, I love I love this and pop. I, I think they are. I would stay at either of those over most of the moderates maybe with the exception of french quarter because i've never stayed there um i love both of these resorts i think it's awesome all right fair enough i can't argue that so take us home all right well um hey hey is by the coffee pot and uh, next week we are going to play another round of would you rather i think this time jamie you torture me or do i get to mess with you no i think you are asking me that. Excellent. So I get to torture Jamie with a series of would you rather questions. Um, I think we should do the COVID edition. <laughs> would, would you rather have COVID or not? <laughs> no, you heard like different things like, would you rather have this back or this back and stuff like that? Oh, well, you're asking the questions. You, you get to make the rules. All right. Would you rather COVID edition coming right up for you folks next week? Um, thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions for show ideas, if you'd like to uh, uh, send them our way, we always appreciate that. Thank you for listening. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you real soon.